Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Dave Prentice, Adam Jones and Gav Buckland as we chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. And on today's agenda will be reflections and analysis of, a, as, a, as ever, a lively general meeting that took place at the Philharmonic Hall on Tuesday and all that came from that, record losses, new naming rights options, deals, and, and a whole host of, of interesting um, elements to that. And, of course, a really in-depth presentation by Marcel Brands where he dressed probably just about every transfer question you had in uh, up your sleeve and then the second part of the podcast we'll of course look to tomorrow's trip to West Ham as the Blues back on the road and going face to face with a Mr. Certain Mr. Moyes um, Preno I'm going to start with the general meeting um, how alarmed were you to read that the club in the last financial year covering the season 2018 19 had incurred record losses of nearly £112 million. Pounds. I have to say I wasn't wildly alarmed, but only because we expected it. You know, So we knew that was coming. It didn't know quite the other scale of it, but we knew there were going to be record losses. And it's understandable why, because uh, you know, Farhad Mashiri has been pumping lots and lots of money into supporting managers, supporting uh, stadium plans, you know, so everything he can possibly do uh, to you know, sort of push the club forward. Um, they're still within the bounds of uh, financial fair play rules. So, again, no reason for alarm. But it does underline the very difficult balancing act uh, that the club has in trying to improve the squad and uh, improve performances on the pitch whilst staying within the boundaries that is going to prevent them from getting into trouble with the authorities. I saw a bit of alarmist nonsense uh, the following day as well about the other naming rights, people claiming that uh, Premier League are now going to investigate Everton as a result of uh, the £30 million you know, so promised from, uh, from USM. Uh, the Premier League looks at every single uh, financial transaction uh, of that nature. They don't investigate them. Uh, and you know that is a fair market price, we are told. So you know, I've got no concerns about that. I just think that's a little bit of... Uh, uh, alarmistness from, from some of the uh, from some of the tabloid newspapers, uh, but all in all, it's uh, it's just something that we need to be aware of, and it just underlines again how difficult it is for the club to try and improve things on the pitch whilst not straying beyond the boundaries that will get the club into proper trouble. Um, Adam, we'll, we'll we'll come on to then <coughs> on to the uh, the deal that the Everton announced at the GM uh, a naming rights option. Struck with USM uh, worth thirty million pounds, and that money, of course, ring fenced and it would go directly towards construction uh, of the new stadium. Um, there has been a degree of, um, as Preno mentioned, um, raised eyebrows. It appears that, you know, through those reports, it appears that some people at certain football clubs aren't enthused by this. But is this mm. not just Everton, A, using the direct contact that they have with Fahad Mashiri and, and, and Mr Usmanov and, and USM and being quite smart about it? 100%. I think 
Uh, this is the first kind of deal that I've ever ever seen of this of this nature. You know, having an having somebody buy first option of name and rights. I mean, I, I bet your Spurs would have loved that a few years ago. Yeah. They still can't get mm. name West, and rights West for the West Ham, as of course as well. You know, you see the struggle that some clubs have had getting name and rights for their stadium. I think it's very savvy bit of business that Everton have already got somebody who, you know, would be interested in that in that sort of field. And yeah, I I, I don't understand any anybody questioning this, you know, from, from the club's perspective. They're getting thirty million for the new stadium, which will be massive in helping them build it because, you know, we you know, as they mentioned in the general meeting as well, it's gonna be majority debt funded. So, you know, any any sort of cash in inflow that we can get towards the new stadium is going to be crucial to help us build it and you know why wouldn't Mashiri use the contact that he's that he's got there you know Usmanov isn't involved at Arsenal anymore so why not try and use him as much as we possibly can I, I don't have any any qualms with it at all really no, there's a lot of uh Shenanigans going on, should we say, for a polite term um, in the financial world at the moment, particularly where football stadiums are concerned. I mean, the suggestion today that Derby County are going to be uh, penalised with a, a points deduction. And that clearly is, you know, football yeah. clubs playing the game. Um, they, you know, pluck a figure out of the air that their football stadium may or may not be worth. And then, you know, sort of find a benefactor that is prepared to, you know, sort of pay the football club that money for us. And clearly, in that instance, it appears that that's not a fair market price. Um, you know, I think it was like 80 odd million quid for a stadium probably worth half that. Um, football stadium naming rights are a very grey area because, you know, there aren't that many of them around. And um, they, they could be worth, you know, sort of huge sums of money. So, you know, for me, 30 million quid, you know, to secure you know, preferred status, you know, sort of to negotiate with the football club. Sounds fair enough to me. I'm convinced that the other guys at Everton Football Club, you know, will have uh, confirmed that before they actually signed off, uh, you know, the paperwork Yeah, they've necessary. been talking to the Premier League throughout the, the process mm. of putting this exactly. deal together. They're transparent so. about it, yeah. So, you know, I think it's a little bit alarmist, uh, some of the stories we've seen. Uh, but it underlines that, you know, that this, this is happening. You yeah. know, so this football stadium is moving on a pace and that's the very positive way to look at it. You know, so things are still moving in the right direction. Gav, um, the club, as I think Preno mentioned in, in his initial uh, address there, stayed within the boundaries of the Premier League yeah. uh, profit and sustainability rules. I think within the three financial years, I think we came in about £10 million within, inside the boundary or something like yeah. that. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw the confirmation of, of the record losses and, and, the, and the state of the, of the accounts of the, the most recent year? Um, I think I can only say what Plano was saying. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a shock. We've said on this podcast the expectation will be eighty or ninety million for the year, and throwing the fact there was thirty months worth of accounts, yeah. not twelve, also adds on whatever there's eight or nine million, perhaps on top of that. So it's not. Um, it's not. You know, it's not something that was un- unforeseen. The concern for me is the next couple of years, really, just financially, forgetting about how much money. We may or may not have have to spend. Is that the two? You know, the two biggest causes of our, our the source of our cost of the wage bill and the amount that we pay on players' transfer fees each each year. The wage bill is currently in the red, isn't it? I think seventy percent is it, of your turnover of its wages is is it, you go into the red zone, and we with eighty eighty percent army or something like that. And, and as we all know, um, the you know the players on our major contributors of that wage bill are moving very 
quickly over the next couple of years. Mm. You know, we name we name names: Snyder, Lynn, Sigurdsson, Walcott, are all 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 contracted to the club over the next couple of years. Yeah, um, so that's the first thing. I'd say, and the second thing is the other one is you know I think it was seventy odd million pound, sorry ninety million, I think something like that for for, for players transfer fees, which is not going to change as well. In fact, they may go up next year because of the players you bought in the summer. Yeah. So those two things are reducing over the next two years substantially. So the only way we can sort of make ends meet is, is by increasing our income. Now, as was I think Sasha was saying, you know we don't want to be reliant on. TV money, so there will be extra this year through the, the overseas TV yeah. deal. I think you said that during yeah. the week, Phil, didn't you? Yeah. Maybe 13, 15 million. And so then to, to you know, balance the books, might get a bit of sponsorship is, you know, we're going to be into the realms of having to sell players at profits over the next couple of years to balance the books and so we live within the, the 105 million I mean there's bits you can take off your costs isn't there like, the stadium you know, the stadium stuff will be capitalised when we get all that. permission stuff, you know the yeah. stadium over the last couple of years won't be won't go towards that and you know as academy I think women's football is yeah. also uh, excluded it's player trade and profits, isn't it? Is going to lead to, to balance the books over the next two years so we've got to ask ourselves you know so you, you, you bring me very neatly yeah. onto the other element which is brands is job Gavin, and he gave a very eloquent, in-depth, at times brutally honest presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think maybe, and look, I'm I'm not saying that people didn't understand the size of the task, but when he laid it out there very, very clearly, honestly and openly, do you think maybe after Tuesday night, a greater number or greater percentage of the fan base actually fully understand now, wow, actually, this man's got a very, very difficult job on his hands and we're actually as frustrated as we may be to see players still on the wage bill who aren't playing or pulling their weight, etc. It's not an easy task. Absolutely. Um, I think if we're going to reduce costs, I was looking at how many phone calls makes up. He's on a like a sort of monthly <laughs> fixture. Not pay as you go, like yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, Marcel's had stick, haven't we? This season, we where was our centre half? Where was our centre forward? That type of stuff, and said that on on the podcast, haven't we? But Marcel, as director of football, has a massive remit, not only from like the playing side, but from the business side, and it was laid out quite clearly on on uh, on Tuesday how big a job he's had to 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 sort of balance the books whilst trying to satisfy the demands of manager owner yeah, yeah. shareholders. You know, it was a massively but, but, but difficult very, job. You very know? candidly, and, and, and I don't think perhaps because it's a typically Dutch level of sort of being candid. He said, oh, yeah, last summer I tried to raise between 80 and 100 million pounds in sales. You just don't get that from normally. No. You know? But I think he went into specifics and that helps illustrate. The problem, yeah, yeah. it would also sort of, you know, it also shows the difficult job he's got. I mean, he was he was quite, I mean, I thought his, his part of it was the most interesting and most... Uh, like sort of enlightening to be fair because most of the other stuff you probably knew about you know um, and it was quite kind about not getting in the centre half about some of the players you know won't be won't be here <laughs> now, to be fair uh, some I mean some of his in the actual annual report itself some of his comments in there which you may not specifically have referenced on there uh, on, on Tuesday quite interesting we talked about we expect John Joe Kennedy to be back at the club next yes, next yeah. year you know um, which is quite interesting um, so yeah I thought the 70 deals what was he saying? Three a week or whatever? <laughs> I can't remember what I happened. He's, he's been involved in around 70 deals since he came to the club. Yeah. And last summer, 
31 deals, which he believes yeah. made Everton the busiest club of any in the division. Plus the deals that you were trying to get over the line that you didn't, didn't. And, and sort of inquiries off other clubs that you were trying to sort of deal that yeah. didn't hit the, uh, you know, it, it didn't hit it, it, it the public. So it's a lot more than that, isn't it? Yeah. You know, for, for one deal done, there might be another two that are not done yeah. that you're working on or people have asked you for. So it's a lot more busy than that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I thought it was really, he was quite brutally honest and it shows you the, the, the diverse nature of his uh, of his job. And I, I just thought, uh, I thought he was, he, from what I've heard, he came across really well as well on the, on the night and mm-hmm. um, you know, good luck to him. I think he's got a tough job. I think it could be, even tougher the next couple of years. We well, think. I was just going to move on to that. Adam Prenow, how confident, given what we've learned, and, and Gav has, has mentioned it about the need for, as, as it says in accounts, player trading profits, selling <coughs> players, moving them on permanently, not just on loan. How confident are we now that going into what would be a third summer of Marcel, uh, you know, that he can start really making some ground on shifting more of these players that are unwanted? Because it's difficult, but... You know, he knows that he understands the urgency now because, and everybody appreciates the urgency because of the figures we've seen. I don't think the task necessarily gets any easier, like especially, especially if we're looking for a significant amount of return on the prices that we've paid for some of these players. Like, you know, let's take Gilfie Sigurdsson, for example, who's not not getting any younger, but as as he runs towards the end of his contract, you know, we've paid forty five million for him. There's no, we're not going to get anywhere near that back if we were to choose to sell them. You know, there's a similar situation with Walcott, yeah. similar situation with Schneidl and it, you know, it's not it's not gonna get any easier for Marcel Brands to think to himself, look, we, we need to bring in a significant amount of capital for these players. Like it's just I mean, I think we're seeing it now with uh, Nias, especially, uh, Nias and Martina running towards the end of their contracts. You know, Martina came for a minimal amount, so that that, that doesn't really count. But Umar Nias cost what, thirteen and a half million? And we're going to lose him for nothing at the at the end. Don't of shake the, your head. Fred has got his head in his hands. But like we're, we're going to lose him for nothing at the yes. end. Of, so you know, th- there's going to be a lot of that that Marcel so, Brands so, is going to so have to deal it, with. So Umar is a, is a really good example. The pressing issue is to get him, get his wages off the bill mm-hmm. this yeah, month. Because it'd be mm-hmm. zero, six months. Zero fit, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 so six months of wages. Get him yeah. off. I was, I was going to mention that. that's the hardest part of all because every single one of those players is on a sizable salary, and so apart from you know, so trying to find a suitor that will take them for you know so a significant transfer fee, which probably won't happen. You've got to try and find somebody that will match those wages. Otherwise, you can't really criticise a player for sitting there and you know so taking the money. You know if. If they're involved, um, I know Jack Rodwell got an awful lot of flack when he was at Sunderland for refusing to move on. Uh, but you know, if somebody has given you that kind of salary and mm. you know you're still you're still there, why, why would you agree to move on elsewhere? It's difficult, very very difficult. And yeah, Marcel's earning his corn at the moment, definitely. Well, I mean, the problem is as well. You, when we are loaning out these players, it's not as if they're performing. Like we lo- we loaned out Nias last last season to Cardiff, didn't score. Um, Sandro's on what his third loan now. He's not consistently not one goal now, though, hasn't he? Well, he's consistently <laughs> just not hitting the ground running. Is yeah. he? You know, these players when they're going out on loan, they're not making things any yeah. easier for us. I think it's worth adding, just for clarity, that that the accounts that will be reported next year, the play, they would reflect the players' sales of yes. last summer, not this coming summer. So yeah. last summer's trading, we actually did well because we yeah. sold 
Luckman and Zisagai. On your Kuru. McCarthy. So yeah. all, all yeah. For, for profits. And I, I understand that the player trading profits, if we don't, assume we don't move anybody on and bring people in January, could be, be, be like 50 million, yes. something like that. Yeah, so yeah. that will go through. So that would reduce some of the, the loss this year. Uh, and I say, once you throw in the TV money from overseas and, and the 30 million, which I think will be shown in the income, that sort of will make the accounts look a lot better. The healthier, yeah. Next yeah. year than, than this year. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is the following the following year, I think. Um, and so does that come back to your point about when we run out of, <laughs> run out, it seems like a, a, a never-ending list of players that we try to shift on that we don't want, what we're left ultimately is with a situation of where there is a situation where to generate money from player tr- profit, player trading, we may have to sell players yeah, yeah, we don't I would really imagine. want to sell. Yeah, or maybe... Yeah, yeah, or maybe we get an offer for a player who we don't want to sell that we find it difficult to refuse. About, I mean. yeah, 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 you know, and we know what sorts of players we're talking about, you know. And 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 I think that you've got a new manager as well who want to, on his own players. It's, it's going to be a difficult uh, thing of balancing everything whilst in the process of moving to a new stage, which hopefully this time next year will all be agreed and... and, and, and uh, progressing nicely so yeah it's it's not this financial year I'm, I'm concerned about it it's the it's the one after that mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be the issue because we have got the 30 million win for whatever you would call it yeah, this year and exactly. we'd, 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 we could do without sort of being in front of the beak as it were uh, <laughs> a couple of years time. But bottom line as we said after the uh, after the Anfield derby in here recruitment 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 yeah. it's all about canny recruitment and we've got to try and bribe bring players in which was Marcel Brand's strategy who have got sell-on potential you know who are of a certain age who are likely yeah. to improve while they're at Goodison Park and you know that has happened in certain instances I mean Lucas Dean Yerry Mina you know so they are players who are worth more now than they were when we bought them and they weren't cheap when we bought them I'm hoping Moyes Keane will come into that category uh, you know still very very early days Richarlison's probably worth yeah. double what we Richarlison's been outstanding and, yeah. and the rest yeah. I don't yeah. let anybody think <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah there's got to be more of them you know so more of them and less Theo Walcott you know Morgan Schneidlin Gilfie Sigurdsson Tuchin. nothing against those players but you know big salaries big yeah. transfer fees minimal sell-on value yeah, I think I think he said that didn't he in the, in, in the, when he was talking about having the squad the 23 once it and he named actually the players that he brought in that, that, that he's brought in under his watch, I mean, I think that's the other thing, isn't it? Marcel's not only got the job as an ongoing director of football, but he inherited all that mess mm. that he's had to, you know, he's had to sort of uh, try and resolve. So, yeah, I, you see a different recruitment, well, you are seeing a different recruitment strategy since Marcel come in than the two years before. But I think, I'm just wondering, I don't want to go on, I'm just wondering if Farhad had this time again, it's coming in in 2016, whether he, if he had this time, he would have taken a step back first and been a bit more measured in, in but, but he was a new that, owner. He was yeah, excited. You know I mean? He was eager to make an impression. Yeah. I think he would have tried even harder to get Marcel Brands in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think he would have kept calling <laughs> rather than ultimately having to take no for an answer. Yeah, I'm just wondering to... a more measured approach. But he was new owner. He spoke about window of opportunities and all that. But we, we are still paying for that army, that yeah. large yes over the first two years and will yeah. be maybe for the next couple of years. And speaking of Fahad as well, you know, look, we have questioned and everybody has, has questioned some of the decisions he's made in terms of hiring and firing and managers, etc. But the latest accounts obviously confirmed that his, from his personal Accounts, he's ploughed in three hundred and fifty million pounds in loans that have turned his equity. So, in terms of his commitment, I guess to the football club that cannot be 
It cannot be questioned, can it? I'm just going to use that very word, unquestionable. Yeah, he has. He's utterly committed. Uh, you can question the wisdom of some of the yeah. decisions that he's taken. But, you know, his actual desire to put Everton, you know, so where he wants it to be is absolutely unquestioned. You add, you add on what he spent to buy into the club, the shares yeah. he's since bought. He's obviously, I think it was at the last GM, of course, he wasn't at this GM. He basically committed to ploughing more of his own money into helping fund some of the construction costs for a new stadium. So ultimately, he, he's, you know, I appreciate it's in loans in the form of equity, etc. Yeah. He isn't just blindly throwing money at it, but it could be talking 600 plus million pounds. And well, he's absolutely imperative uh, to Everson's new stadium. You know, so without Farhad Mashiri, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, I know we're talking about private investors, you know, so sort of putting money in, but still he's also responsible for, you know, sort of big chunks of that, him and his relationship with Alicia Rosmanoff. Yeah. Uh, so now he's absolutely, you know, so sort of crucial uh, to our new stadium. Yeah. Go on, Gav. No, I was just going to say, um, I think he'll probably, if he ever come to sell, You'd probably consider that money well spent. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He'll make his money back well, need to, yeah. and some. It's a yeah. Premier League club, absolutely, but yeah. relatively cheaply. I think it's, it'll be money well spent. Um, but yeah, I can't argue with that. Three hundred and fifty. It's a lot. Of, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money. You know, we, we tend to look at football. I was thinking that myself. And look, when you see values of football clubs, you don't tend to take notes. So when you actually think of that, three hundred and fifty mm. off one person, that's a hell of a. Yes, yeah, I have a lot considered like John Moore's. What was that? Sixty. <laughs> 60 grand, under grand, you know. <laughs> wow. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Just before we move on to West Ham, another one on that, uh, the, the GM. Brands talk about managing expectations and again, very candidly said, you know, I saw all these reports about us being linked with Wilfred Zaha, but if you just look at our numbers, you know it's not realistic for us to be buying players 60, 70, 80 million. How do you think that was received again? Do you think that added a, a, a necessary layer of clarity to, you know, I, I, mean, I still see Zaha being linked with us today. You know, mm. you'll find a story somewhere saying Everton's still interested. Well, I see Marcel Brands has killed that, hasn't he? Stone dead. I think Wilfried Zaha was quite keen for that to be resurrected. Um, you know, so he was excited about the possibility of the move, as was one or two individuals at the football club. Marcel wasn't one of them. Um, no, it, it did. It, it did give, you know, so a fair degree of transparency. Um, players at Everson sign in the near future are going to have to be the 20, 25 million category. You know, the Yeri Minas, the Lucas Deans. Um, I know strikers cost an absolute premium, especially strikers that are already operating in the Premier League and, and you know, sort of doing so very successfully. Uh, but we have to be realistic. Um, and so, you know, Marcel Brands does need to employ that, you know, huge database of scouts around Europe to try and, you know, sort of pluck out these players, you know, the next Erling Haaland before before they become, you know, sought after by, you know, the, the Champions League clubs. Yeah, I mean, I th- when I heard that, you're thinking as a support and people say, oh, you know, we need to, but it's good financial practice. I mean, Liverpool and Man City's turnover is probably about three times ours. So would they go out and buy a player for 250 million quid? That would be their equivalent for us going to somebody yeah. seven eight. No, they're not. I don't think they've said that, haven't they? Because they just can't afford it. Yeah, mm. it's simple as you know. Every club has a limit to what type of player you can afford, and um, we're just following. We're not being cheap there or being not ambitious. We're just you know applying the same financial principles as Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester yeah. any, United. Any, any, do, bus- you know? any business really? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, there there are all the reasons behind why the club announced record losses, but. 
we have just announced record losses. Like it, it would be strange for us to then go and spend half eighty that, million yeah, exactly. to bring yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. half like Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. 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 So, I, 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 you know, I don't think you can criticise anybody for that, really. As I say, just applying the same plan, financial principles any other club would use in the Premier League. And why and do I fear that it will not, uh, it will not uh, slow down the rumour mill, though? No, of course it won't. And uh, not should it. I mean, yeah, so we love a little bit of speculation. But, you know, it's not that long ago that Everson Football Club were absolutely magnificent at securing bargains, you know, so players for next to nothing. I mean, we absolutely robbed Glasgow Rangers blind for Stephen Naismith and Nikita Jelovic. Uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the likes of Stephen Pienaar and Tim Cahill were arriving at the football club, you know, so for very, very small transfer fees. And that level of shrewd uh, initiative is required again. Those kind of players are still out there. Uh, you just got to try and identify them and on some in some cases take a chance well, I mean um, most recently address a guy exactly yeah pro- oh good, great problem. example yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That's, I mean that's the, the classic I was thinking about this that's the classic David Moyes thing is buy the best player or one of the best players from the club below you in the league yeah. if you think about it over the last four years you've been our best signings for Charleston Ball from Watford this a guy you probably throw whether he gets stick Pickford yes mm-hmm. so Guy was relegated was he I think yeah. he was wasn't yeah, he yeah, yeah. Pickford was relegated you know, uh, Richarlison was Watford were there or thereabouts. Zoom would come from a relegation season at Stoke. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. So that was the sort of David Moyes type of work, and, and I still think there's still value in that in, in English football. I mean, Madison would be the classic example of that, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. You know, and I, it was interesting to call it, I mean, I don't need to talk about Carlos, but he said today, we are looking for players all around the world, mm. which I thought was quite yeah. an interesting uh, statement. Indeed, uh, and we'll move on now because time is pressing. Uh, visit to West Ham tomorrow. Um, quick quiz. Only two players for Everton have started every league game this season. Who are they? Uh, I know the answer, so I'll stay quiet. <laughs> Jordan Pickford. Correct. <laughs> yeah. and the other one is? So I'm the only person that doesn't know. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Come, yeah. On, come on, Fredo. Uh, Richarlison yeah. Yeah. Run, run so, yeah, yeah. that run will come to an end right. tomorrow afternoon at the London Stadium um, how concerning is it to not be uh, having Richarlison available are we worried yeah, I think it's hard not to be worried at the end of the day he is he is our top joint top goal scorer this season along with Calvert-Lewin and I think you know him and Calvert-Lewin as a front two together have looked very very good over the last month or so not even just with Ancelotti, but with Ferguson as well, I think they've just got they work in tandem so well together. So it will be a loss to have uh, to not have Richarlison uh, for this West Ham game. But you know, at the same time, you've got to look at this as an opportunity. And you know, you you're wondering when Moise Keane's opportunity was going to come with Richarlison and Calvert Lewin playing so well. Uh, I think he did pretty well in the time that he had on the pitch against Newcastle. He did. He did well when he came on against Man City as well, and obviously was very important in the lead up to a scoring scoring against them so he's got to look at this as his big chance now he's you know he's quite famously still not got off the the, the, uh, the mark in terms of goals uh, he just needs to put in another another solid performance and you know playing alongside somebody like Calvert-Lewin and somebody as in form as Calvert-Lewin is only going to help him so you know as much as it is a loss to have you know probably one of your best players out you know, to have somebody like Moise Keane to step into step into the starting lineup in his stead, it's really not a bad position for us to be in. 
It's the old Joni Mitchell moment again, isn't it? You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, he's so consistent in terms of fitness. I know he goes down and he hobbles every single match, uh, but he always gets back up again and normally sees the game through. And uh, when he's taken away from the equation, you think, oh, gosh, you know, who have we got next to come in? I accept it's an opportunity for Moyes Keane, but for me, he's got to show an awful lot more than he's been showing so far if he's going to uh, you know, sort of grasp that opportunity. But this could be it. This could be his moment. Uh, you know, so go down there, you know, do something, you know, make things happen. He was unfortunate at Manchester City, you know, near miss. Should have done tons better at Anfield in the, uh, the the league derby with a great opportunity he had, but you know this this could be a chance for him. Uh, but when you see that and you see Umani Ask back, be back in the squad again because of the lack of options, it makes you realise how a how important Richarlison is and b how how poor we are in terms of uh, quality in that part of the pitch. Uh, so it's down to you, Mr. Keane. Let's uh, show us what you've got. I've just on Richarlison as well. I think the fact that he is he's missing. And it doesn't happen, you know, it's such a rare occurrence, you know, and we won't, we won't dredge up the whole diving debate mm. from whenever it was, November time. But he it is remarkable, as Prince says, his level of, of f- consistency in a fitness sense. He, given what he takes on, on an average game, you know, knocks and kicks and, yeah. you know, it, it, I think it's, it's kind of almost uh, um, eye-opening that we actually, what he... He's failing a fitness test and won't and won't play yeah. through the pain barrier. Did he, did he play most of the games last? I can't remember him being yeah. in. He missed the final game of the season. Yeah, so, Spurs, yeah, and, the, and Watford. I don't. I think he only missed one game mm. at Watford. Was it mm. the year before? Yeah, I mean, to me, he's our, quite clearly our best player, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. I don't think there's any arguments about it. I think he's our best player. He's rapidly becoming our figurehead. Um, at twenty-two, yeah, our yeah. sort of leader type thing on the pitch. Um, yeah, I think it is. It, it is incredible. Bear in mind, he's had all like you know the South American competitions. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, like we got a league game, haven't we? Next Tuesday, yeah, so yeah. it's it's two games in four days. I think days, that's part you know? of the thinking, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm surprised, but I've not not but admiration for him, to be honest with you. And also as well, we all know the stick he got was October, whatever it was. Um, but it's good that he sort of learned a lesson from that as mm. well. He's quite clearly a more focused player on the pitch. Albeit, as Prano says, he's still moments where he's hobbling <laughs> around and stuff. But you can just see him. He's, he's a little bit seems a little bit more mature. Yeah, mm. you know, there's less arm waving and you know and that type of thing going on. And also rubbishing those bizarre claims from when he was at Watford that he couldn't play unless Marco Silva was his manager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's well, gone and since scored for Duncan yeah. and Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, well, exactly. And well, you know. Players, players, you know, you don't know what's got till it's gone. It's the opposite, isn't it? Really, <laughs> that actually, another yeah. manager. You think, oh, we always mm-hmm. want to play this manager, but somebody coming in with a different, different take on things, um, you know, can uh, be beneficial to you. And yeah, not nothing but admiration for the child. a massive fan. He is, you know, and hopefully this could be evident. He's an obvious top four player, isn't he? Mm. To be fair, and. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, you know, if he carries on to the end of the season, he's got another, what, 15 goals or something like that. And this game is more about goals. There's some mad stats, isn't it? This is tackling one of the best of any player (laughs) or something. And uh, he'd be one player in the summer you could anticipate somebody putting in a a bid. Because the way elite teams play football, he's ideally suited to. And you know what type of clubs we're talking about here, both home and abroad. And it would be interested if somebody come up with a silly money offer for him in the summer. And it but would it would need to be silly money. Be, yeah. yeah. I've seen what was Batshuayi. It was a forty five million Chelsea wanted mm. for 
Is that right? That's you are, yeah. Wow. That, was, that, was, that was what they were, they were quoting last, last week. Wow. Um, I can't see a battery without thinking of him kicking the ball in his own face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you better, Great moments. Yeah, you would, you would, you wonder. Mm. I would, I would, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if there's no offer for him in the summer, if yeah. he carries on. I think what we, what we will miss from him this like this weekend is is instinct, and I think you know the perfect example was that Brighton goal. Where you just need the two touches, you know that second touch where he turned round to yeah. face the goal, and then that you know finish with absolutely no backlift at all. You know for all the Calvert Lewin is very good at, you couldn't imagine him scoring that sort of goal. No, uh, no. Moise Keane maybe once he gets adapted to the Premier League maybe we'll see him scoring those types of goals but we've got nobody else in the squad who's so instinctive inside the box so I think we will miss that from him this weekend yeah, yeah. but I think in terms of like a physicality approach I think you know Moise Keane does have it about him he, he, he just needs to mm. he just needs to adapt to the league and sh- start showing it now Do you think Moise Keane has all the hallmarks of a player that if he scores one yeah he'll mm. You'll get a few. Yeah, definitely. He's, 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 I'd be right most to me at the moment. He has all the hallmarks of Ibrahima Bakayoko. Come yeah, on, yeah. Come Come on. on. That's just, that is. It's yeah. not. That's not, very harsh. He, he doesn't control the ball well. He doesn't run with the ball well. Um, his, his running seems a bit directionless at times. Yeah. I've just I've just not seen a player yet. Yeah, yeah that's yes. I, I qualify that. Yeah, I just hopefully. Tomorrow, I mean, assuming we play four four two tomorrow, is that a big assumption in itself? Um, I would have thought so. Oh, yeah. I think that's a fair to say from what we, what we can gather, but we'll see, won't we? Yeah, I do think about Richardson. Just that, the stuff that was that was his first right foot goal of the season, wasn't it last last week? Was it? Oh, he's one footed calf. Forget it. I love to qualify the criticism of Moise Keane. I love the variety of goals that Richardson scores. Yeah. He scores great headers. He scores, you know, with either foot. Uh, you know, he runs with the ball well. He dribbles well. Uh, you know, he's everything that we hope Moise Keane will eventually become. Yeah. yeah. The other thing about him is character is um, our two most difficult away games of the season he stanked the gaff out of City still scored where he's quite obviously leggy and then Anfield on a difficult evening for us he scored scored there as well mm. yeah with his shoulder not as uh, <laughs> so he's he's got a bit of everything which is good yeah, isn't he you, yeah. you certainly wouldn't put him in the one dimensional mm. I'm thinking back to say when Lukaku was here he was obviously a far more well goal scorer yeah. Yeah. but it was a bit one-dimensional mm. in terms of his how you played as a team with him. But with a Charles, and he, he's it works harder than Lukaku. Mm. So well, I'd say yeah. that's not hard, like you know. Yeah. With, with Charles, and he's got many strings for his bow, hasn't he? Mm. Which mm. is also attractive, isn't it, for elite clubs? You know, absolutely. Um, so the very, very final part of today's uh, pod before we go into predictions. Um, so Umanias will be on the bench. Um, Carlo Ancelotti confirmed uh, for the game against West Ham, and obviously Nias now comes with. Cuco Martina because as Marcel Brands um, <laughs> revealed although we knew this anyway that those two players are obviously available should we say this month um, Ancelotti asked if there'd been any offers for either and rather concerningly he said no um, which brings me on to the question and we did ask it the other week but I think now we're two weeks in now to the window two weeks ago today Do, can we foresee a situation where A those two players remain at the football club past deadline and B we actually don't bring anybody in it feels very quiet to me on a, on every front do we need to bring anybody in well this is this is the good is point that, is, that, is that the question well, the, the, this is what me and Phil were discussing yeah. a little bit before I think the, the position that we've missed most uh, so far well especially over the last couple of months has been in midfield but 
You know, we've seen Andre Gomez return to Finch Farm. Obviously, he's still way off, but he's returned to Finch Farm. Jean-Philippe Gabamon's joined in with the team for the first time today, so he's getting closer to to it as well. You know, are we? And if you, you know, in the financial situation we're in, are we prepared to then? bring in a loan player for a loan fee or a yeah. percentage of wages. wages or whatever. And if you're Carlo and Marcelli, you go and we've got a big break in February because mm. of the winter break. We don't play from after the, the 9th until the 1st of March. They may go away, do, you know, a real sort of concerted period of training, warm weather. You know, Gabamin could be there or thereabouts as a body. I'm not saying he'll be up to speed. Mm. Does it sort of lessen the urgency and the need to do something, go and spend money that ultimately on, on a player who may not even feature. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, um, we had to sit down in, in this room and produce a video earlier in the week about who we wanted Everton to sign in the January transfer window. I think I upset the video team by kicking off and saying nobody. Nobody. Um, <laughs> because you know, I'm, I'm not being soft to say that, you know, so we, the squad wouldn't benefit, you know, so from yeah. extra talent. But mindful of the, uh, the financial situation of the football club and mindful of how difficult uh, the January transfer window is to sign players, I think I referenced the fact that Nias, Cenk Tosin, James Beattie, a bit harsh to include him in it maybe, uh, all arrived in January. You know, you've got to get it absolutely spot on, Theo Walcott, you know, so to you know, bring in a, you know, a player that's really going to make a difference to the squad in that month. And so if it's not going to make a significant, sizable difference, I don't see the point of doing it. Um, yeah, of course the club could benefit from a new striker, but that's going to cost a fortune. Uh, and, you know, good strikers aren't going to be available on loan um, unless you can you know, produce something absolutely spectacular from the, uh, the, you know, the market in Europe. So I would be a little bit disappointed, but, you know, so quite comfortable with the prospect of not bringing uh, any new, new talent in. Because I get that signing a new player gives everybody a lift. It gives the fans a little bit of a buzz. The players on the training pitch get a little bit of a spring in the step because they feel that their place is threatened. But if it doesn't happen, you know, so I'm, I'm reasonably comfortable with this. Um, I'd be happier if I saw the likes of uh, Kuko Martin and Manias, you know, so moved on. But I accept that that's unlikely to happen. Again, because mentioned earlier, the wages are significant. And, you know, clubs are unwilling to take them on board. And plus, neither of them are particularly torn up trees since they've been here. Yeah, I think it was Nias's last goal at West Ham. Is it the, the overhead kick when he flicked yeah. it over his head and volleyed very, it? In very there. nice goal, wasn't yeah, it? I should have shown that as part of the sales pitch. What, what I did there, what Plano's saying is, is, is right, is that because Ancelotti's just come in as well. So if you're Carlo, would you want to buy, say, a midfield player when you're not seeing Gabamon and Gomez mm, play? It would exactly. be a pointless exercise, that wouldn't it? Buying somebody and think, oh, but this Gabamon and Gomez are really useful. Didn't need to buy him. So, um, and, and I don't, I think. They appear to be quite happy when he said about the centre half position on on Tuesday, didn't he? That they're content. Probably got we, we've gone through half a season. With yeah, three. it wasn't ideal, but yeah. we've got through half a season with three. Let's just yeah. carry on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Carlo appears to you know I think Mina's back tomorrow, isn't he? Yeah, I think. yeah. Carlo appears to want to use the last four months of the season, knowing that we're not going to get relegated, um, to look at the players that he's got and assess them. You know, it's, it's also and I, I don't think bringing somebody in fits in with that sort yeah. of mentality to be I mean, honest with you that, that central defensive position where we, we panicked about it in the summer we thought that is one area justifiably so I would say yeah. oh yeah totally but what's happened is that Mason Holgate has been given an opportunity which he has grabbed with both hands mm-hmm. you know we were unsure because West Brom the loan didn't appear to work out you know particularly well for him he's played at fullback most of the season he's come in uh, and he's looked like a very assured central defender and I know I sat in this room I had a little bit of a pop of his first couple of appearances because he looked sloppy he concerned me and you know he's not for 
for the first time I've been proved wrong. Uh, he did. He actually has, has had a very, very good season so far. So, you know, that has given an opportunity to play, which he's taken with both hands. Has he started yeah. every game under Anshotti? Uh, has he been the, so. is he been the only ever-present defender? I think, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, has missed a couple. Keane's obviously missed a few, but yeah, he's been the, the ever-presence. Yeah. And has played the midfield, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think... It, uh, I think We'll well, that's okay sorry, going back to the midfield arse. discussion, by the way, sorry, that's another option, isn't tomorrow. it? Tomorrow? No, no, generally. Just in, just in yeah, general. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Could play if he's going to bring me in the back tomorrow, could No, play. but I'm saying in yeah. terms of the club looking to buy, not needing to buy a midfielder, yeah. if push came to shove and two of them got injured or three got injured, well, you could say, well, Mason, you yeah, can do me a yeah, job absolutely. today. Yeah, absolutely. So I think centre-half, um, we've been lucky um, that Mason has sort of resolved an issue for us, to be honest with you. Yeah. The other thing I know is the most... Uh, you bet this was going to happen. Look, I'm insulted because he was unhappy. <laughs> like, you know, that was news, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, a number of times spoken down the podcast. But yeah, Mason's been, Mason's been excellent, hasn't he, over the last month or two. But still, when you're playing against the lead players when he tested, that's how I, how I judge players. And he's done bits of learning there what was, what was just mentioning Luckman there what was the one I saw earlier this week was that tell me if it's absolute nonsense Anthony Robinson linked with AC Milan oh I did see that uh, yeah, yeah I, I saw that is that I one to file under there. the uh, bounds of totally speculative pass I mean you know, I, I quite liked him initially you know when I saw him playing for the under 23s and that but you know obviously never troubled the first team and yet suddenly to see him linked with Milan yeah, that's yeah. in the Emre <laughs> Ferrari to Benfica uh, oh, yeah. plot, that is isn't it like, you know, no longer play. our player I'm afraid yeah. so uh, yeah. We'll have to uh, pass on that one. Right, quickly before we wrap up, predictions time. Gav, West Ham versus Everton at the uh, London Stadium tomorrow. <laughs> Is that just a sign about the London Stadium? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's yeah. difficult to call this. Seriously. Carlo, three wins out of four. I think you can see a style of play developing and a tactical setup developing under him. Uh, West Ham got beat, didn't he, last time out? Mm-hmm. Rather controversial. Yeah, yeah. But they went great way here at Sheffield United. No. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for an Everton win tomorrow. Yeah, by by two goals to nil. Clean cheat, love that. Yeah, he, he has chosen the exact scoreline that I wanted to go for. Yeah. Two, for Everton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> two 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 nil win for Everton. I think uh, yeah, as you say, Carlo's done really well in the Premier League, three wins out of four. Moisey has got his number, it seems. Moisey Ancelotti's never beaten Moyes yeah, in the Premier League, yeah. but you know what better time to do it than now? I think Everton have only lost three of their last twenty-three games in the league against West Ham. So there's your staff for Stats. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. I mean, I had the, the, the good fortune to sit next to Mr. Moyes at the. Oh, uh, oh the there it is. Whoa, the name drop. Yeah, yeah. And we had a, you know, a frank co- conversation about the respective merits of each of the clubs. And I think it's fair to say, without going into too much detail, that he's very aware of the scale of the task that he's got in front of him at West Ham. Um, and he has made an impression. Um, I thought they were unfortunate to so Sheffield United. I thought they started really well. I thought for half an hour they looked like they were at it. Um, and then Sheffield United come into the team and they are a decent side. Mm. Um, we'll miss Richarlison undoubtedly. But I just think some football clubs, you know, so do have lucky grounds, lucky clubs. And, you know, so West Ham are one of those teams. Um, last season was one of our best performances at the, uh, at the London Indeed. Stadium. I can just sense a Bernard masterclass tomorrow. Uh, he was great that day. Yeah. He was bright last week. Um, I think, you know, he'll enjoy it again. I think we'll win. Um, 2-1. Uh, maybe not quite keep that clean sheet. Scores in each of his yeah. last two appearances. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just quickly about Bernard. Is, you know, I know you want to wrap up. Is in 4-4-2, 
he's a better player than four two three one, isn't he? Because he mm-hmm. he can sit a little bit deeper in the pits. Yeah, on a four four two. And Carlo was saying about him playing between yes. the lines, which yeah. it's very difficult to do when you're playing four two three one. But in four four two, he's got deeper to play passes in, and he can also have got more opportunities to move inside. And I think tomorrow will be an ideal opportunity against West Ham uh, to do that. And I think that system suits him the best. Absolutely, good point, Gav. Uh, for what it's worth, I don't see it being a particularly eventful game tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> long way to go for the. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he, I, I, I was there million, in, this, in in April 2017, as many of our listeners will have been, to witness one of the <laughs> worst games of Premier League football I've ever seen in my life when we drew nil nil. There was nothing riding on it for any team. I don't even remember it. It was abysmal. Absolutely. It will be awful. better tomorrow because Everson will win 1 0, but it will oh, be tight. Yeah, Both yeah. teams look like they're going to be missing key attacking yeah, personnel. We've obviously mm-hmm. missing Richard from Felipe Anderson. There's a doubt for them. So a tight game because, of course, Moise is in there to try and steady the ship, isn't he, and tighten things. But we will nick it 1 0. Moise Keane. Oh, one nil. That give a great headline. We'll have a word with Keno after that. Yeah. 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 yeah, Excellent. Thank you very much, chaps, for your company. Excellent as always, and thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoy, enjoyed this. Stay with us across the weekend. Myself and Adam down in the capital covering the game on Saturday. So all the best news, opinion, analysis, and colour from the game across the weekend from the both of us. Um, thank you very much for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.